until we carry each other on the inner and outer work of respect and imagination by Sean Perel. Washington was the city of my formation. It's where I arrived as an undergrad with a box of scribbled journals and a smoking habit. It's also where I smoked my last cigarette. It's where I met my husband and I landed my first job among many other firsts. Now that I've resided among the juniper and chamisa of the Southwest, as long as I resided among the cherry blossoms, even a quick visit to the district is a swirl of tactile reconnection. I teach a philosophy workshop in the studio where I spent a decade studying the craft. I check in on my people. They check in on me. We scan each other's faces for how life's really been going. We grieve for the world together. I feel a private sense of relief when the owner of the tea house still remembers me. Walking down the alphabetized streets of my old neighborhood feels meaningful in a way that's difficult to explain. I walk slowly, searchingly, in solitude. Things have changed in the years since I left. The brownstone's been painted. The streets seem weathered, which I attribute to a profusion of political protests of late. But there's muscle memory here. I find small signs of a previous life inside the life that's here. Here, a familiar maple tree. Here, how shadow falls across the park at a certain time of day. Perhaps you have places you carry too, places that invite your senses to return. Interestingly, the word nostalgia is from the Greek compound nostos, meaning to return home, and algos, meaning pain. To come home is to feel our way back. Somewhere in my body, a spool of memory begins to loosen. I sense the girl who lived here, who, for safekeeping, tucked parts of herself away in apartments once shared with lovers and friends. There's a common superstition that self-respect is a kind of charm against snakes, something that keeps those who have it locked in some unblighted Eden out of strange beds, ambivalent conversations, and trouble in general. It does not at all. It has nothing to do with the face of things, but concerns instead a separate peace, a private reconciliation. Joan Didion, slouching towards Bethlehem. The Latin root of respect means to look again. Joan Didion's treatment of self-respect eschews appearances and instead points to a quiet fortress of self-regard and forgiveness, a quiet peace, a private reconciliation. David Keplinger, beloved poet and friend, describes is and was as, quote, the first sparring gods, unquote. A return to the country of was is a sacred invitation to beckon all the parts we may have left behind. As we retrace our path, our practice is to notice step by step, and thereby to integrate the emergence of what was, or what wasn't, or what could have been, in the light of what is. We are speaking of the practice of inner reconciliation. Gandhi is often misquoted as encouraging us to, quote, be the change we want to see in the world, unquote. His actual teaching, the one from which the misquote is derived, reads as follows. We but mirror the world. All the tendencies present in the outer world are to be found in the world of our body. If we could change ourselves, the tendencies in the world would also change. 
As a man changes his own nature, so does the attitude of the world change toward him. This is the divine mystery supreme. A wonderful thing it is, and the source of our happiness. We need not wait to see what others do. Reconciliation simply is the restoration of relations. It can refer to past and present, private and public, or to the parts of a thing as they relate to the whole. In the absence of agreement, it's a commitment to the possibility of peaceful coexistence. We may feel powerless against the abject failures of humanity pouring out through our screens all day, every day, but we are not. We but mirror the world, Gandhi says. This is not to say that centuries of collective trauma can be bypassed. They cannot. It's only to share a reminder that our own healing work does matter in service to the world in which we live together. We need not wait to see what others do, Gandhi advises. Even a pixel of change matters. Love remains our private mandate if we are to remember the just and necessary arc of our mutual fate. When we make room for our own human experience, we bring ourselves into the circle. When we pay attention with vital presence, which will also let us know when we need to shore up our own nervous systems against empathic overload. We train our humanity in thought and word and action. Only then, rather than fear or dehumanization, love can fuel our advocacy, our diplomacy, and our service. Love can put all the posters up rather than tear any of them down. In closing, a poem that paves a path for the imagination by Puerto Rican Jewish poet and activist Aurora Levins Morales. We cannot cross until we carry each other. All of us refugees, all of us prophets. No more taking turns on history's wheel, trying to collect old debts no one can pay. The sea will not open that way. This time that country is what we promise each other. Our rage pressed cheek to cheek until tears flood the space between. There are no enemies left, because this time no one will be left to drown. And all of us must be chosen. This time, it's all of us or none. Thanks so much for listening. If you find value in these essays, here's how you can support the guest house. Become a subscriber at seanparel.substack.com. And please rate, review, and share your favorite episode with a friend. I'll leave you with an original song by Serena Joy Bixby for all of us still learning what it means to be human. Is it love? Is it hate? Grief or heartache or love? Does it mean to be human? Is it tears? Is it laughter? Is it not knowing what comes after? What does it mean to be human? Well, I'm sure
This life's where it goes The days come, the days go And I'm still human oh, One thing I know for sure Is I'm looking joy in the mess Oh, I'm just doing my best Oh, learning what it means being What is